Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Wake up! The early line. Line up! Go to me. Go to me. Rise and shine, sports investors. Rise and shine. It is Thursday, February 20th. All right, let's get this cash. It is the early line here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. We got our guy Jared Smith in for Joe as well. Big time Thursday on the show today, all right? Here's what we're going to get into. We are going to start to talk college basketball, some big games, some major upsets in the country last night. We will cover them. Also, the NBA gets back in action for the second half after the All-Star break. A big slate of games. Jared and I will dig into that as well. We will talk another division. Remember yesterday, we did the NL Central. Today, we turn our attention this morning to the NL East. This is a very interesting division to me. We've got, you know, by some estimation, four different teams that can not only win that division or make the playoffs, but do damage in the playoffs. I've heard every, I've heard, you know, I've heard opinions from the, the uh, Phillies could win it. The defending World Series champion Washington Nationals and the New York Metropolitans. So we'll dive into that a little bit as well. And, you know, there's also some headlines we got to talk about. Okay, we talked a little bit about the NFL as it related to the quarterback carousel yesterday. You heard about the New Orleans Saints making moves, making decisions, or Drew Brees making decisions for them. So we'll look at the NFL. But also, we've got some headlines out of the NFL as well. All right, Greg Robinson popped with almost 160 pounds of marijuana. We'll get into that with Jared. Um, And, you know, we'll cover everything you need to know. All right, but first up, we will turn it to Dan Stratford. He gives us all the news of the day. And when we come back on the other side, we talk about some big-time upsets in the world of college basketball. I mean... Yesterday, our guy Jared was telling us that the Duke Blue Devils were top 10 in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. So what do they do? They go out and get boat raced by NC State in, you know, in Carolina there by the Wolfpack. We'll cover that and all, all the action of the top 25. But now let's go to Dan Stratford, the world news here on Sports Grid. Sports Grid News Update. Well, Dane, starting with some great news from Daytona. Ryan Newman was released from Halifax Hospital and was able to walk out on his own. Newman was sent to the hospital after a horrific crash, ended his bid at the win at the Daytona 500. In the NFL, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter and now various other reporters, the new CBA proposal is expected to include expansion for the playoffs, adding a seven-team per conference. Right now, six teams per conference make the postseason, as you all know, with the one and two seeds in each conference earning first-round buys. Under this reported proposal, which could be voted on later this week, 
It could go into effect this year as well. Seven teams per conference would qualify for the playoffs, but only the number one seeds in each league would get the bye. As Dane just alluded to, TMZ was first to report Browns left tackle Greg Robinson was arrested by the Border Patrol for federal charge of possession of marijuana with intent to distribute. The criminal complaint cited Robinson having near 157 pounds of marijuana in his possession. In baseball, Cubs manager David Ross said Wednesday that he is committed to Chris Bryant as the team's leadoff man. Bryant told reporters on Wednesday morning in Arizona that he was open to the idea, and now it would seem that they are in on it. Byron Buxton participated in live batting practice on Wednesday in Twins camp. Buxton needed surgery last September to repair a torn labrum in his left shoulder. The NBA is back. And we have six games on tap tonight. The Bucks are at the Pistons. Milwaukee minus 13 in that one. Heat at Hawks, 230.5 over under. Hornets and Bulls in Chicago. Chicago minus five here, even with a slew of injuries they're dealing with. 76ers hosting the Nets, 217 over under. Minus eight for Philadelphia. Grizzlies at Kings. Rockets are at the Warriors. And in the college ranks, number six ranked Duke. Lost on the road to NC State, 88-66. to I'm Dan Strafford, and this has been your SportsGrid News Update. All right, thanks, Dan. You know, I got I got, I got to wonder. If you have 157 pounds of marijuana on you, don't you have an intent to sell? Like, like whoever would have that amount of marijuana on them for their own personal consumption, right? You know, so I guess the intent to sell is definitely is definitely there. My man Bavona in the pit is giving us some ideas. I don't even think Willie Nelson or Snoop Dogg is taking down 156.9 pounds of marijuana, but I digress. He also mentioned the idea of the um, the playoff proposal in the NFL, you know, and I think that is very, very interesting. You know, the seven teams, what it could do, I'm interested to see if that means, you know, if if we're adding the regular season games, uh, the 17th game. I'm wondering if there's a second buy because you're going to add a week to the playoffs potentially with this seventh team. You know, if you've been listening to this network over the course of the last couple of years, one of my uh, platforms is to push the Super Bowl back a couple of weeks so that it is, in fact, the day before President's Day. Everybody thinks that the Super Bowl is a de facto national holiday. If they were to move the schedule around a little bit, it could be. So you don't have to worry about the idea of productivity or people calling out from work the following day. And we can honor the Super Bowl for what it is, a pretty much a gathering of the nation. But I digress. Maybe we'll get into that with Jared a little bit later on. Um, guys, let me know in the pit when we do, in fact, have Jared. But the first things first. All right, I got to tell you, in the world of college basketball yesterday, all right, um, we had a big upset. Number six, Duke, goes down, okay? They go into NC State and lose 88-66. to 66. Now, here's the thing. I was going to give Jared a little bit of gruff, right, because he was talking about how Duke is a team to watch. Just yesterday, uh, Jared gave you teams that were in the top 10 in both offensive efficiency and defensively in the nation, okay? He mentioned San Diego State. He mentioned Penn State. He mentioned Kansas. And he mentioned these Duke Blue Devils, all right? But here's the problem, okay? You had Carey go for 27-12. and 12. You had Trey Jones go for 17, all right? But then outside of that, 
nobody scores more than seven points. Duke shoots 37% from the field. They only go 26 of 69. What's even worse? From the charity stripe. The nickname is the charity stripe because it's supposed to be de facto charity for the team. Free points. Well, not if you're shooting at the line 45 percent all right i think i can honestly shoot over 45 percent from the line if you give me 10 free throws i think i can hit five or more not the duke blue devils last night as they dropped to 12 and 3 in the acc conference okay also in that conference you had louisville the number 11 team in the country they get past my orangeman boat race them by 24 points 90 to 66 if you listen to this show a lot you know that i'm pissed off at joe because as soon as he started to talk about the orange when they had won five games in a row they have pretty much defecated the mattress since then i don't know if they're going to be on the right side of the bubble in a season when you know the acc is generally down the Cuse is in like sixth or seventh place right now in the ACC. I quite frankly don't know if they get in because you're going to have like 11 Big Ten teams. You're going to have a ton of teams from the Big East. It seems like we have Jared now back. How you doing this morning, Jared? Thursday, February 20th. Hey. We're trying to make people some cash. How you doing this morning? Hey, we're here. Hey. It's 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 oh, a morning. Man. It's a yeah. Man. There you go, brother man. Long time. No, it's a good looking shot. I just wish people could see it. Now they can. And now we're ready to go. Uh, where did yeah. you leave off? We were talking a little college hoops. Where, where, where am I jumping yeah. in here? Uh, yeah, we did. We did. And here's the thing, Jared. Yesterday, you were touting these teams that were top 10 in offense and in defense. You now know where I'm going, right? Oh, Jared? I know exactly where you're so going. You're going Dukies, aren't you? So tell me. How the NC State Wolfpack dominates the Dukies last night, 88 to 66. What I was saying, Jared, is, okay, Carey does his thing, right, 27 and 12. Jones does his thing, okay, he scored 17. Nobody else scored more than seven points. And then, Jared, I was talking about the charity stripe, how it Mm. should be free points. The Dukies literally shoot 45% from the line. They shoot... 37% from the floor after you were telling me about their top 10 offense yesterday. Defend yourself. Yeah, defend myself. I feel like I I jinxed Duke. But, well, here's the thing. And and obviously on any given night, you know, I don't want to, you know, use the any given Sunday cliche, but – on, and I think what it it speaks to is just how – and this is what I tweeted last night – is just how wide open the field is this year. Because let's be real, numbers don't lie. Duke is still a top-10 team efficiency-wise – and, and everything that they do is still very impressive. But to me, what it says is that there is no, like, dominant teams don't have games like that. And I don't think there is a dominant team in college basketball right. this right. year. So I, I think it just shows how wide open this landscape is. And we talked about it yesterday about teams that you wouldn't think, Creighton, you know, some Penn State, teams that are way off the radar, yeah. preseason for sure, but even mm-hmm. midseason that have a chance now to make a run because there is no dominant team. Those one seeds in that 1-8-9 matchup, I'm telling you, there's going to be one of them that yep. goes down. One of them's going to go down. All right, sounds good. Check it out. I'll tell you what we were also talking about before you joined us on the other side of the break, but we are off and running. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith here on the early line. Sports Grid. Get on the grid. 
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Jared Smith. We're talking about the big time action last night in college basketball. We talked a little bit about the Dukies going down, but Jared still thinks that that top 10 offense and that top 10 defense and the coaching of Coach K. But listen, we talked about this yesterday, Jared, right? There is no dominant team, you know? So will any of these teams go six in a row when we get to March without laying a stinker? Like I said, Duke shot 34%. From the field, they shot under 50% from the line, Jared. If Duke is susceptible to this on any given night, you know, you talk about Creighton's offensive efficiency. Mm. We see what some the numbers some of these teams put up, but there is no true elite team. This can happen to anyone, right, Jared? Yeah, and conference play is one of those animals, especially in the ACC, which has been a very interesting year for the ACC. I feel like that conference, which has been so good for so many years, is kind of having just one of those years. But that doesn't mean that there still aren't good teams in the ACC. And NC State is kind of on the bubble, and they needed that game last night. And Duke just ran into one of those traps. I I don't think Duke's as bad as they looked last night. I don't think NC State's as good as they looked last night. I say this a lot in the NFL. You're never as good as your best performance. You're never as bad as your worst performance. And I think Duke just had one of those nights. And... I would not be surprised. I'm going to check their schedule to see who they play next, but I would not be surprised if they come back and, and they place Virginia Tech next, who just came off a three-overtime game against Miami. I would not be surprised if they put a whooping on the Hokies this weekend. When is that game, Jared? Saturday. On Saturday? All right, let's file that one away. Uh, yeah, file and that Jared, one away. Tomorrow, when we're giving our weekend plays. Let's file that one away when we give our weekend plays. You know, Jared, we've been talking about some of these different conferences, right? When the ACC is down this year, and we know that. And one of the conferences we have spent a lot of time talking about is the Big East. And there was a big-time matchup in that conference yesterday as Seton Hall hosts Butler. They get the job done on a last-second play. The Pirates win this 74-72. to Jared, you are laughing and nodding as though the last-second action maybe change some fortunes of people. Well, Seton Hall is one of those teams that I think people don't really know how good they are yet just because of the way that they play. And everyone knows who Miles Powell is, but not everybody knows some of these other guys like Romero Gill and Sandro Mamushkavili, who I'm I'm going to challenge Ariel to say that name Great today. Yeah, I'm going to challenge Great Ariel. <laughs> exactly. And Ariel said, oh, I'm just going to say Mamu. I'm like, no, you are saying his full name today. Uh, and I'm going to make sure that you do it because he is just that fun to watch. These are players that on paper, they, 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 they look like role players, Dane. But when you break down what Miles Powell can do, they all kind of fill this unique role. And Kevin Willard does not get enough credit 
for how good of a coach he is. And this Seton Hall team, which is which is a, a legitimate top 10 team, and their ranking doesn't say it. I, I've said for years that I think the rankings are stupid. We'll throw them out the window. Seton Hall is a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. They are a legit title contender this year because, again, it's balanced. Top 20 offense, top 20 defense, and they have a guard who's very hard to guard. And they showed last night that they could overcome some adversity. They gave up a couple of really bad triples late in that game. Some teams would have folded up shop, went right to overtime. Willard drew up a great play for Mamu. And then at the last second, he goes, you know, it was one of those tip plays. Not an easy play to execute. Seton Hall executes it. I think they're going to win the Big East, not the conference tournament. We don't know about that. I think they're going to win the Big East regular season to be the number one seed, mm. which gives and, – and to me, that's more important than winning the conference tournament. In a league like the Big East, when you can do it from November to March, that to me is the, te- is the true test of a champion. I think the Seton Hall team is very underrated, and they've got a little juice to them now heading into this uh, last week, last two weeks of the regular season. Yeah, you know, I saw I saw that as well, Jared. You know, especially when when we just talked about Duke, right? You saw Carey, you saw Jones. There was no third scorer, mm. right? Yet then you look at Seton Hall. Yes, people know about Mize Powell. He goes sixteen, six, and five. But then four players for the Hall, right, yeah. have fifteen or more points. You know, so in a tournament setting, Jared, you know, the fact that you have other options, the fact that other teams can't just key in on one player and try to take them away. You said yesterday, right? I forget which school it was. Maybe it was uh, Creighton with their adjustments defensively or something like that, that they see what you're doing and then adjust. You can't really do that against the school like the Hall, right? Because they have balance, as you're saying. I think that's very, very interesting. Jared, does the Big East... Do they play their conference tournament at Barclays? No, Garden. We're trying to uh, we're trying it to fire the up the uh, yeah okay. we're trying to fire up the old credential machine All right, let's, for us. Let's to go. get that. Let's get that because you know and Jared. Jared, I see you on the MSG network every single day, brother man. <laughs> you and Ariel, you can't grease some wheels. No, and we're get going to. We were we were, we were talking about it yesterday. I'll be Hopefully, your we can get man, in there. bro. I know we gotta. We, I'm just well, I, I think it boosts right, the credibility of our network too. We got to go over there and get in there. You know, we gotta. We got to show that sports grid's I'm on the saying. map, brother. I got, I got, I'm with that, brother. So whatever put, uh, petitions you're putting out to our fearless leader, have have me sign it as well, Jared. You know. What I think is interesting, we were talking about conferences, right? And, and teams from some of these lower conferences that we don't talk about every year, sure. but that this year may have a shot to pick their head up. And you mentioned in the break another one of those schools and another one of those conferences. In the American Conference, Jared, we had a big matchup last night, okay? Houston gets it done at home, boat racing Tulsa. But Tulsa was in third place in this conference, okay? Tulsa was a decent school as well. Talk to me a little bit about Kelvin Sampson and the Houston Cougars. What about their potential? They sneak into the top 25. And I've been talking about, could this be one of those six-seed teams on a Saturday or Sunday in late March that upsets a three or a four-seed or a two-seed? Because we're saying so many teams are live, and some of the teams that you don't usually think of. Talk to me about the Houston Cougars, Jared. The Cougars are live. The Cougars are a live dog. And this just seems to be the time of year that Kelvin Sampson knows and just figures out what buttons to push. And this is a team... 
that's had some really good runs in years past. I remember a team a couple years ago that lost at the buzzer against Michigan in the Sweet 16, a tough loss, uh, you know, one of those crazy last-second shots. I forget one of the guys from Michigan hit it from, like, half court uh, and sunk the Cougars, and that was supposed to be Houston's year. They were a three-seed in the tournament that season. Fell off a little bit last year. This year, they are back, and we talk about balance. Top 30 defense, top 20 offense. They don't do anything poorly. They are solid across the board. Very underrated American Conference this year. We don't talk a lot about the American Conference. Memphis was supposed to be the team. Obviously, what happened with Wiseman kind of took them away from the national stage. Memphis is still a very good team. There's some other good teams as well in that conference. UCF's one that comes to mind. However, Cincinnati and Houston, to me, are the two teams in that league that can peek their head up and make a run if the Elite Eight Final Four streak kind of opens up for them. But Houston, I'll tell you what, this freshman Caleb Mills, Dane, this is a kid to watch. He's one of the top scorers yeah, in the nation. The bench, right? Yeah, exactly. He 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 can he like can play. Off the bench. He can play. And this is a team now at the right time is starting to peak. They've won four out of the last five games, and they just blew the doors mm-hmm. off. A good Tulsa team last night. This is a Tulsa team that could make the tournament. And and they just absolutely blasted right. them in the second half. Kelvin Sampson, at this time of the year, is one of the best coaches in the country that nobody's talking about because Houston's a very under-the-radar program. But this is a very, very right. underrated Cougars team, and they're one that 60-1 to 1 right now, just like Creighton, very off the radar, very down on that odds board. But go. they can peek their head up and really, really make things interesting uh, come mid-March. Yeah, I mean, Jared, it sounds like you and me both, we think this could be the year to go a little bit off script, yes. right? Whether it's Houston, whether it's Dayton, whether it's San Diego State, whether it's one of these Big East teams. You know, another conference, you know, that I think is interesting, uh, Jared, is the SEC, mm. okay? And in the SEC, we had another upset, right? And who can win on the road in conference Nobody. these days is a big-time question. Number 13 uh, number thirteen Auburn goes on the road to Athens and gets bounced by the Georgia Bulldogs by 10, 65, 55. Hey, Jared, is Edwards a top three pick? I think so. I mean, the problem with him is that he hasn't really had the exposure that you would want from someone in his position Georgia's not a very good team. Uh, They're going to finish maybe dead last, if not second to last in the SEC. They've got three conference wins. Bad loss for Auburn last Simmons in that conference was with a bad team. Exactly. And he he went number one overall. He could be a guy that you don't know about until the combine, literally. Because you're not going to see him in March. You're not going to see him play any important games in the postseason. He's going to come out this year. He's probably one of the best players in the country you've never really heard of. And I, I, I think Georgia's a fascinating team because of that. Unfortunately, we're not going to see him in any meaningful spot. On the other side of the coin, Auburn's really – Auburn's a dangerous team, but, man, they've got to figure out how to defend. And they've got to figure out how to consistently score. Because we saw last year they got hot from three yeah. and they made it all the way to the Final Four. You can't rely on that every season. Well, not last night. No, certainly not last night. And I think that shows you what kind of team that they are. I think Auburn is a team that can literally beat anybody on any given night and lose to anybody on any given night on the road. So I, I, would, I would caution anyone who wants to back Auburn to make a deep run in this tournament because when you live by the three, you die by the three, and this is a Tigers team that the script is out now. They kind of surprised some people last year making that run in the NCAA tournament. They hit a boatload of threes, right. especially in that North Carolina game in the Sweet 16. That came from out of nowhere, 
and then they made it to the Final Four, and they actually had a decent run, uh, but just couldn't quite get over the hump in the Final Four because usually once you get to that big stage, that's when the three balls kind of come back down the earth a little bit. They were not good from the outside last night. It looks like Kentucky's going to win the SEC as expected. Uh, they certainly have the best team top to bottom. I think LSU is kind of in the mix, Florida as well. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm selling Auburn, Dane. I'm selling Auburn. All right. Listen, I'll sell a team that shoots 15% from three as well. Dan Stratford said in the update there may be some changes to the NFL playoff structure. On the other side of the break, Jared and I, eh, we discussed. Get on the grid if you want to discuss it as well. SportsGrid.com, the early line. Coming back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. That's my man, Chris Bavona, the manimal in the pit of misery as we come back on the early line here in Sports Grid. Is that your go-to move, Jared? I have no go-to moves. You look like a knight at the Roxbury over there a little bit. Yeah. I have no go-to moves. All right, but it is apropos as we come back. Not man, just ride. Ride. Ride with it, man. That is now officially Jared. Okay. Um, But in any event, he's playing that Tupac Changes because one of the things we are going to discuss here is uh, we're hearing about changes to the NFL format, specifically the playoff format. Dan Stratford said it in the update. I find it fascinating that this may happen like this oh, year. Oh, I think it is that happening. That they are going to make it happen. I think it is right happening. Right now. So let's outline it. Okay, let's outline it first here. And correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to add in any of the details. But the big switch here is that instead of six teams in each conference making the playoffs, it's going to go to seven. All right. Now, the other big change this means is that only the one seed will get a bye. All right. Two will play seven, three will play six, and four will play five. Okay. First of all, to me, that makes that first weekend of the NFL oh. playoffs absolutely pandemic. Captain I love it when we have two on Saturday, two games on Sunday. We're going to have to get through six games in that opening weekend. So that's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Right. Um, So that's one thing, you know, and I got to tell you first, before I ask you if you like it for and I said it earlier in the hour before you really joined this, Jared, I have been pushing for a while. You know, when I hear these things about adding regular season games, maybe multiple trips out to London, that sort of thing. What I ultimately want to happen here, Jared. I'm okay with them extending the playoffs because I even want them to maybe put in a second buy. What I'm hoping for is to push the playoffs back to mm. ultimately make the Super Bowl be the day before President's Day. Wow. So that so we it get a day then off. becomes a so, – Yeah. Right. We're only two weeks away from that, Jared, right? And let's say you add a 17th game, or let's say you add a double bye into the regular which... – Yeah, no, I mean, Dan, I, I think it's a fascinating uh, kind of glimpse into what the future could be in the NFL. And I, I person and and 
I, I've kind of been against the whole expansion of the playoffs. Like when the MLB thing came out the other wit the other day, I was a little bit, eh. but I didn't mind the expansion of the playoffs as much as I minded the picking of your opponent. That part bothered me. So I'm okay. I'm okay with expanding the playoffs. That's fine for me. And I think the NFL understands that, all right, people love this product and we're going to have to expand it at some point. I think yeah. the part about this, Dane, that was so fascinating, twofold. I, I, I do like the expansion of the playoffs. I think it makes that opening weekend just so much fun, like more fun than it normally yeah. is because it really yeah. is fun. To go from 16 games to 17 more games, games and to expand the revenue share mm-hmm. from 48% now to 48.5%, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot. That's $5 billion that the players now are going to get more revenue if you, if you take into account how much the revenue pool was last year. Half a percent of that is $5 billion. Mm-hmm. So now five more billion dollars will go into the players' pockets spread out amongst the salary caps amongst the teams. And now you're going to get an extra game, one less preseason game, one more regular season game, two more wild card games, Right. I, I want to not be okay with it. The football purist in me wants to say, oh, that's going to change so many things with the with fantasy football and with the draft and with so many books. other things, with everything. But I'll tell you what, three games on wild card weekend for each day sounds pretty nice and tasty for me. I mean, talk about what we do here with our programming from noon till midnight. It's going to be oh, yeah. nonstop wall-to-wall football that whole day. So I, I'm on board with it. I really am. The players get more money. We get another regular season game, and we get two more postseason games. Here was the matchups that it would have been if it would have been this year. Chiefs, Steelers, Rams, okay. Packers. Sign me up for that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Um, listen, more football. I'm, I'm, it's going to be very hard for me to be like, I don't want more football. Okay, so I'm cool with that. I also, like I said, if it pushes it back a little bit, I'm down to get to a, an actual national holiday after the Super Bowl. Sure. You talk about the revenue sharing as well. I guess my only question is – do you think it will change the way teams play at the end of the season, right? Because this idea of, especially not not to just get in, but the idea of at the bye, yeah. right? You know how you, your division winners are usually competing against each other mm-hmm. to get that to get that bye to avoid the wild card weekend, you know. And sometimes, you know, does it change competitive balance for some of the teams at the top going into the end of the season? Yes and no. I I think the bye is. Obviously, a big setback now for some of these teams. Like, will the Chief, would the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl right. this year without the bye? The you Chiefs know, would not have had a bye. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I, know, I, I think bye. that changes the dynamics of the last month of the season. However, the thing that I'm yep. the, the reason that I'm okay with it, Dane, is because it's a level playing field now, and you know that Fair. okay, the 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 number one seed's going to get that bye. It, you know, it's not like it's going to be you know, a year-to-year, week-to-week thing. You'll know going in which team's going to get that by. I think it makes the regular season even more interesting because before, maybe you can fall back. The number two seed maybe would rest those starters in the final week of the season because they've got the by. Maybe this year, you know, they they won't. Hey, we've got to go 17 games now, and we've got to play all out because only one team gets the by. So what it does, I think it actually – Adds a little more intrigue to week 18 now, I guess it would be, right? It would be week 18 of the regular season? Oh, that is true. 
I've always hoped they put us. They would put the second buy in. I've heard talk about the second yeah. buy as well, especially like as we're talking about increasing international games, right? Sure. More games in London, more games in Mexico. You know, and there's the policy is if you go out there, you get the buy afterwards. I just don't know how the puzzle pieces fit to to make it all work. I've been always a fan of the second buy. If you have the uh, the notion of players' safety and and. And I think you're old enough to remember, Jared, like they used to have two buys yep. in the season. Um, what about the idea of the record book, Jared? If you're playing 17 regular question. season games, right? You know, I mean, we talked about Michael Thomas and his 150 some odd catches. We've talked about, you know, people right now on the books have contract incentives For that are going year, to be a yeah. lot easier to reach. They're going to have to rework right? those. They're going to have to rework those. Okay. And, okay, and I know that might fine. be hard to do and, mid-contract, you know, he, but they're going to have to. Right. I guess so. You know, but yeah, I think it will be hard to rework. What about some of these records? You know, we know about the sack record. Yeah. Right? We know about the rushing, you know, getting to 2,000 yards is crazy. You know something else, Jared? When you and I were coming up, 1,000 yards for a running back Good used season. to be a big deal. Yeah. In a season. Now think about that. Over the course of 17 games, to get 1,000 yards, you truly only need to average, what, maybe 60 yards a game? Mm. If I want my starting running back to get six, I don't think that's a great game, but that's but literally a, a pace yeah. for a 1,000-yard season. Exactly. So we as fans, the public, we're going to have to reshape our idea, you know, like the idea of Drew Brees coming back and his 5,000 yard passing seasons, right? Him chasing record books. And we see not even those quarterbacks, but quarterbacks that are still on the way up. Uh, still have time left in their career. Uh, Matt Stafford, for example, will now have yet another game and another opportunity to throw for 350 yards as he ascends literally the all-time passing leaders list. You know, And so then as we compare era to era for things like the record books or things like Hall of Fame candidacies, a lot of people think Phillip Rivers is a compiler when it comes to his Hall of Fame candidacy. Well, guys like Matt Ryan, guys like Matthew Stafford, guys— you you know, these kinds of players are going to have, oh, I don't know, uh, 10% or 8% more opportunity to accumulate these stats on their legacy and on their resume, it, whether it's an individual year or over the length of a career. You won't be able to compare apples to apples anymore. You can in Major League Baseball, who probably waxes poetic about their record mm. books and nostalgia more than any sport. But what about that? Um, in this especially data-driven stat fantasy football world that we live in, Jared. Well, it's funny because I remember watching one of my favorite movies is the movie 61 uh, that you know follows around Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle as they were yeah. making their push yeah, uh, the to, 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 to break <laughs> Babe Ruth's record. And it, that was the big deal. That was the big you know conflict in the movie was could they do it before game 154 when Babe Ruth did it? So I, I, I think we've seen, you know, this is kind of the normal, you know, cycle, generational cycle of sports is you see something happen and then it, it, it'll obviously be changed and be tweaked and be modified over the years as the game changes. And we've seen the NFL evolve yep. tenfold in the last two decades. We've gone from a league that was a ground and pound mm -hmm. league in the 80s and the 90s with Lawrence Taylor and the Bears defense and all these teams. And now it's evolved into this passing league with Breeze and Rodgers and Manning and all these guys spread it out, throw it down the field. And 
you know, the passing records have been absolutely obliterated year after year over the last two or three decades. So I'm not surprised that we've seen this type of evolution in a game that has moved very fast. I would argue that the NFL is the yeah, fastest the moving the game. Earth. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's the game that has pushed the envelope of what we view as the normal realm of sporting rules every year, every month, you know, every season. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I would like to see things eventually kind of settle down, but I think people are hungry for football, Dane. They love it. And so this is only going to help yeah. it, once I mean, we get used to things. Sure, I feel that. You know, I mean, we watch the XFL. This country mm. loves its football. I got another question about this. And then we start to look at the second half of the NBA. It's the only line here on SportsGrid. Come on back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. you to get 18 hours a day of live sports betting and handicapping insights so you can win your leagues and win that cash. Jared, I got one more question for you. Then we're going to turn our attention to the NBA who returns from the all-star Thank break goodness. tonight. We got a slate of games to cover, we got, you know, second half futures, all that kind of stuff. What'd you say, man? I said, thank goodness. <laughs> it's about time. The NBA is yeah, I know. It's, it's like, been like it's, two months. It's like that three. Yeah. And also like I rem- I'm reminded in July, when Major League Baseball goes off, there's like nothing else going on. Oh, yeah, during the All Star break. At that point, yeah. in. Exactly. But one thing I wanted to still ask you about the 17 uh, game schedule that we're hearing about in the playoff format. Many people don't know this, but at the end of the regular season, you know exactly who your team is playing against the next year. Okay? In the 16-game season, it was a formula, all right? Mm. You play the other three teams in your division twice. It's a good That's six games. Here. You play a complete division from the opposite conference. That's another four games that makes 10. You play one entire division from your conference. That's another yep. four games. That makes 14. And then let's say you are in second place in your division. You play the other two second place teams of the divisions in your conference. And you're not That's playing, not yeah. the division you're playing the mm-hmm. entire. That's game 15 and 16. Period. Well, the only thing when the NFL releases its schedule, Jared, and that's why it's so amazing how the NFL is also king, right? They can turn a production into the schedule release where everyone <laughs> knows the opponents. All you care, all you need to know is the sequence of it. You yeah. know home and away. You already know if you can you know make them during the regular season. Las Vegas. Before. Trust me. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. As soon as you know, right? The only the only thing that's a wild card is when you decide what place you finish. The other two teams that finish in that div- um, in that place in that div- in the uh, conference. You know, I already checked. I know the Jets play the Raiders this year, but I know it's at home. I don't get to go to Las Vegas. Mm. I told Gabe Barnsey and Cam Stewart though the out there so you can bet some people will be going through tables on the strip sometime <laughs> next year in the NFL season. But do we know, Jared? But do we know how they figure out the 17th opponent? No, that's the one. And and to me, I'll tell you, this is this is a very fascinating handicap. And I, I hate to use that word because that's we're not really handicapping that's... anything. But, you know, the way that the NFL is going to go about this, I think is going to determine how the future of the scheduling process works because it has to be changed. There is now an odd team in there, and I think there's a few fun ways they can go about it. They can do, and of course, it's the NFL, so they're going to go all out for this. I I wouldn't mind seeing them do some kind of draft of, like, GM and, you know, like, teams that are all, it's almost like a lottery of sense. Like, who's that last game going to be against? And, and, you know, and, and there's fun ways that they can do it. We'll see what they decide to do because there does, there has to be some kind of tweaking with the formula, the calculation of how they yeah. figure this out with this 17th game now. And do they add in another game? Is it, and is it going to be the last game of the regular season? Is it going to be the first game of the regular season with how they how tweak do you do it the formula? Maintain competitive balance, though? That, it's a very fascinating question. How do you maintain competitive balance? Well, I think the NFL has that issue you know, anyways because I mean, there's one, so many teams that make the playoffs one year and then they're out of the playoffs the next year. I, I think the NFL is the most balanced league in all of sports where there's so many new playoff teams every season. But you're right. It's going to create a fascinating calculus for how we kind of determine what that last game is going to be. Yeah, so maybe they try to figure out who is the natural rivalry for That's every good team, one. you know, that could be a thing. You might see Baltimore play Washington every year. Or how about year. this You thing? may see the Jets how play the Giants extra divisional game? Year. What's up? How about an extra divisional game? Yeah, but then that's that can upset competitive balance. I know, so I know. Much. It's I, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just throwing so, stuff out there, see if it's sticks. I, like the Jets there's the so Bills, many things you could right? do. Right, like the Jets and the Bills, who both think that they're ascending. One of them has to play the Pats three times, <laughs> and the other one has to play the, gets to play the Dolphins three times. <laughs> I don't know how that works, Jared. You know, try to figure something out. Maybe but, it has uh, to do with where you finish. So, like, the bottom two teams in the division play each other a third time the following year, and the top two teams in the division play a third time the following year. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways you can go about it. It's going to it, – either way, either way you slice it, Dane, someone's going to be upset about it. There, there's, someone's going to feel like it's not right. fair to their, you know, situation. So, it, they're going to have to make someone unhappy when they do this. Which is why I believe it has to be an objective formula sure. that pops it out based on just whatever happens the previous season. Yeah. I mean, I think your draft idea sounds fun, but I don't know how they actually adjudicate that, right? Like a, like a lottery for who you face. That would be so it, fun. <laughs> but I think what I, what I do think it could be, uh, to your point, you finish third place in your division, maybe a game – Against a third place team in the opposite conference. in the opposite conference, yeah, right, yeah, you know that makes sense. Yeah, or so this way you get a potential for things like Super Bowl rematches, you know, almost mm. every year. First that place, sort first of place. thing. Yeah, if you get a first place versus a mm. place, right, you could get that. We we might you would have a Chiefs Niners rematch this year, 
potential. Well, they played two years right? ago, you know I mean? so they're going to play in a couple of years. They're, they're not going to play this year, but they're going to play next they year. Play the Mm-hmm. This year, I know they play the West this year, so we will see. And that's just a rotation. But I found it interesting. How do they figure that out and keep it as an objective game? All right. Um, we were going to talk about the NBA starting off tonight, but let's talk a little bit about this all-star break. I have sure. two main questions for you. One, I love the skills competition. I think it's really cool. OK, you know. Big men won every single matchup. Jared. Okay, all the way to Bam Adebayo actually taking it down over Sabonis. My question for you, though, Jared, is I truly think that this is indicative of where the NBA is this, this these days, right? It's pretty much, we see it with Houston, we see it with Boston to a certain extent, we see it with the fact that Andre Drummond gets traded for a bag of balls. Um, the idea that there is positionless basketball right now, right? Big men can handle the ball. Big men can pass. And interestingly enough, some of these small guys weren't hitting that little pass at the beginning of the skills competition. Do you think the fact that big men are winning this and there are so many skilled big men is really a sign of the times and part of the reason why there's literally like two less players on each roster that are 6'10 or above? Yes, and I actually think it's LeBron James that kind of started it. I mean, this is a LeBron James, you know, who's basically a forward by position who's going to lead the league in assists this year. And this is something that's gone back to him, you know, as a, as a kid in the NBA. He was always a point guard, you know, by, by design with his style, but he's in a forward's body. And I think that's what we're seeing now in the college game as well. If you look at the college game, Dane, there's not a lot of, like, just straight centers that are play- – I mean, I think Kansas has the one, the Azubuki kid. Sure. Uh, but even the Toppin kid from Dayton who's got a center and a power forward's body, he plays the game like Sean Marion where he shoots threes and he kind of – Yeah, you know, he's on the outside doing stuff. So, it, you know, it, it's just – yeah, carry as well. It's it just it, – I, I think we've seen it filter down now to the college game and which means it's in the high school game as well, where these kids want the ball in their hand, whether they're a forward, center, point guard, it doesn't matter. They want the ball in their hand, and they're used to handling it. And, I, I, yes, it, it certainly is a wide-open NBA. I love what Bam Adebayo has brought to the table. I think Miami, we've talked about it before, I think Miami is a very dangerous team in the Eastern Conference because they can guard every position. I think Boston is the same way. And, again, when you talk about the Eastern Conference, to kind of liken it back to what we're seeing in the playoff picture, Giannis Antetokounmpo is that guy that everyone wants to model their game around. But now, on the other side of the coin, teams like Miami, teams like Boston, they have to figure out how they can shut down Giannis, which means they have to play that style as well, positionless basketball. I think all five players on the Celtics, just like all five players on the Heat, can switch every screen and guard Giannis at the top that is going to be the formula for how you beat Milwaukee in the playoffs. I don't know if someone's going to be able to do it, but that's the formula for how to do it, and it's because a guy like Bam Adebayo can handle the ball, can guard all five positions, can get after a guard, can get after a center, and can make things happen on both sides of the ball, inside and outside. It's really impressive. He's really taking this league by storm, Dane. I'm really impressed, and I can't wait to see what he does in the postseason. Yeah, you know, I do the show usually with Joe Ranieri, so he's obviously oh, plugged that. into the Miami Heat and has been on the Bam Adebayo train for a while. One of the things I think you mentioned, though, is the key to people who may be novices at basketball. The X's and O's of it, Jared, what you said is you can now switch on mm. every screen. 
okay? You know, look at latent games, okay? People are running that pick and roll and screens just to get the matchup, right? So, so that they can then drive past the forward real quick or have a matchup. But if you can switch on every screen like these teams can do with positional list basketball, it creates a challenge. The other thing that happened over the weekend that a lot of people are talking about, Jared, is the slam dunk contest, right? I I may or may not have had money on Jones Jr. <laughs> to win it all, ah, so nice I'm okay with what happened. Okay. Um, should they have just called? I say also they couldn't have called it a tie because of the sports investing market. They couldn't have paid yeah. out winners for both Jones and for Aaron Gordon. But does Aaron Gordon have a point? I mean, he's now entered a few dunk contests and has gotten hosed multiple times, Jared. I think they need to figure out a way to make the dunk contest a little more balanced with their judges. And don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love seeing celebrities out there. Okay. I love seeing those guys out yeah, there. Yeah, a little home cooking. Yeah, home but cooking there. I, I think they need to make it just a little bit more transparent, I guess is the word I would use. A little less ah. hanging Chad-esque. Ah. You know, to liken it to the old sure. 2004 like election. figure skating. Yes, there's... There's a little funny business yeah. that goes on behind the scenes in some of this stuff. So just make it 2000 election. Thank yeah. you for the correction there. I want to make sure I get my politics right this morning after the uh, on the uh, the day after the Democratic yeah. debate in Las Vegas. But yes, transparency, Dane. Make it a little more easy to to guard and judge. I hear things. that. All right, we'll put that in the books. We'll look forward to the second half of the NBA season, the nominal second half on the other side of the break. Second hour, early line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.